Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Thank you for joining us today. It is a great day to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. I know you enjoyed our worship team, and I hope that you took note of our announcements that are going on. I got a very special announcement that I planted right in the middle of my message today. But I hope that you're getting into this series called Influencer. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite, favorite, favorite Bible stories in the New Testament in the book of Acts about a guy who got a standing ovation. I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of receiving. I'm sure all of us have been part of uh, a standing ovation at one time. The one, probably the one that brings me uh, the greatest memory is when, at, when our daughter Emily was in high school, uh, she played softball, and just before the game, her coach told me, he said, Coach, he said, he said Dad, uh, your daughter's going to have a big game today. I said, well, we're ready. We were sitting there in our chairs right against the fence, you know, the chairs we brought from our cars, so we were really, really good softball parents, and we were sitting there, and Emily gets up the bat, and you just, the way that that softball, fast-pitch softball hit that bat, and the way that it cracked, you knew that she hit that thing far, and she hit it probably over the fence, <clears throat> about 20 feet above the fence, way, way, way out and right in left center field. It was unbelievable, and as soon as she hit it, I jumped up, Kim jumped up, we all started clapping, the girls in the dugout all stood up, and she got a standing ovation. Uh, You may think that the Eagles Super Bowl is my favorite sports memory. Her home run is my favorite sports memory. But a standing ovation is kind of a cool thing to be a part of, especially when it's uh, kind of a natural impromptu thing. You know, it's great if somebody says, hey, let's all give this guy a standing ovation. Everybody does, but it's kind of a neat dynamic when if it's emotional or uh, just a big event and just somebody out of nowhere just stands up and they start to give a standing ovation and people join them, uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of a neat thing to be a part of. We're going to talk about a guy who got a standing ovation today. So I'm going to read for you in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. I'm reading from the New King James Version. You'll get to see the, the, the verses on the screen And I hope you'll follow along with us today. Now, in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. You're talking about a food and and of money where it was needed. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brothers, seek out from among you seven men, of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. The Bible says the same pleased everybody, the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, who was a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And this is the result of these guys being used to be servant leaders of the church. The Bible says in verse 7 that the word of God spread, the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great number of priests were also obedient to the faith. 
And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. This is a really neat story about how, about the reaction of the church to the church's growth. The church went from about 120 people in Acts chapter 2, Peter stood up, preached a message. The Bible said that thousands of people were saved, baptized, and added to the church. So they had a good problem. They had a growth problem. And what happened, because they grew so fast, they needed, honestly, they needed more hands on deck to do the ministry. So the Bible tells us here in Acts chapter 6, the pastors got together, the 12 pastors, of course, the 12 apostles, got together and said, we need help doing ministry. And what they did, they looked out among the people and they found some faithful folks that were uh, already an existing relationship was recognized amongst their peers. They chose these men. And when they chose these men to be leaders in the church, servant leaders, uh, deacons, uh, the Bible says the word of God increased and a lot of people got saved. Awesome, awesome story. Well, I want to tell you about something that we're going to be starting at Warehouse Church. And it's kind of a merging of two ministries. On one hand, it's the ministry of Warehouse Cares that we've been start that we have started, that Nick uh, Stewart is leading right now, where we're receiving different things that we're that we're you know we've done blankets, coats, baby stuff, we've done gift cards, we've done all kinds of things to help different people in our community uh, in our Warehouse Cares ministry, and that's going to continue. But what we're doing is we're merging our deacons ministry with that. And I am going to be teaching a class starting Wednesday, April the 14th. You're going to get invites. We're going to give personal invitations. I'm coming after you, uh, faithful members of Warehouse Church, to be part of our Warehouse Cares ministry team. Our current deacons are going to be a part of this as well. And we're going to be calling our deacon ministry our Warehouse Cares ministry team. And here's the thing. This is open for men and women. We want men and women... First of all, we would like to see married couples doing this together. This was prompted by a dear brother who's a, a already a deacon in our church named David, his wife, Wendy. They serve together, and I know that they're going to do great in this together. But there's a lot of other people in our church that want to serve with their husbands and wives. But you don't have to be married to be a part of this. And we're going to talk about that more in the next coming months. But if you want to be part of our Warehouse Cares ministry team, we're going to, we're going to be teaching how to do hospital visits, senior care visits, uh, helping uh, widows, fatherless, doing things in our community, leading in our church to make sure that no one is left behind, that everybody feels care from their church. And we're going to need a lot of people. I'm praying that we have 30 or 40 people that will show up to this meeting. Say, Pastor, do we need 40 deacons in our church? No, but we need 40 leaders that will serve and meet the needs of people, and not only in our church, but also in our community, and I hope you'll consider that. All prompted by what we're talking about today, the first time that the early church called servant leaders to be part of their ministry team. So as we, as we think about that, Stephen was chosen, these other gentlemen were chosen, because they were chosen, the Bible says, the word of God increased, even priests. Now these are people that were probably there that said, crucify him, crucify him to Jesus. The Bible said priests we're getting saved, and that the word of God increased. The message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, increased in their community because of the ministry of these men. So we're going to look now. Now I'm going to just going to skate through a little bit of Acts chapter 7. 
And I'm, I'm not going to read the whole passage. It's a pretty big passage of Scripture. But Stephen gets up after he's chosen to be deacon. He has an opportunity to speak uh, at the temple, from the steps of the temple to the crowd, kind of like Peter did when Peter spoke at Pentecost. The Bible said the thousands were there and heard Peter there that day. Many were there and listened to Stephen's message. But Stephen kind of went old school. He went back to the Old Testament, back to the patriarchs. He talked about how God delivered the children of Israel through Moses. But then he talked about how Israel rebelled against God. And we're going to read, we're going to start reading about this in Acts chapter 7, kind of the closeout of Stephen's sermon, if you will, verse number 49. Um, he says this in verse 49. This is him repeating the words of God. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord, or what place will be my rest? Has my hand not made all things? And then he says this. He, 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 he repeats these words of God to, to, the, to the religious people there that day. And then Stephen looks at him, and he kind of rolls up his sleeves and shares some fighting words. And this is what he said to them. He accuses them, and he speaks harsh to them about the way that they treated Jesus and the way that they were not understanding what Jesus Christ came to do on this earth. They didn't understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he says this in verse number 51. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. I'm not going to get into a whole uncircumcision talk today, but when you tell religious people who one of their kind of big religious acts that they do is circumcision, and you call them uncircumcised, uh, that's the equivalent of a uh, very harsh racial slur, to be very honest with you. So he was, he was jumping on them hard and saying, you are uncircumcised in heart. Even though circumcision was special and important to them, he used that word, and it meant it really got their attention. He said, you always resist the Holy Spirit, just like your fathers did. You see all that story that he told all the way back to Abraham, Moses, the children of Israel. He was using that as a parallel or a platform to tell these leaders, these spiritual leaders, religious people in Israel, that they were just like their fathers in the past who resisted the Holy Spirit and resisted God. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not heard it. So, so he cuts them pretty deep. This is their reaction now. We'll see in verse number 54. When they heard these things, the things that Stephen was saying, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed on him with their teeth. You ever grit your teeth on something made you so mad? right? That's what they were doing. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And, and, and Stephen said this, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, ran on him altogether, and they took him out of the city. And the Bible says they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at, a, at the feet of a young man whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen. And he was calling on God saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then Stephen, this is right when he's getting martyred for his faith, knelt down, cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And right after he says this, the Bible says that he fell asleep. So we're going to look at today how Stephen was an influencer, okay? So Stephen was an influencer, first of all, as we read 
in the beginning of the story by his reputation. He had a reputation that was recognized by his peers and by his fellow church members. The Bible says in Acts chapter 6, in verse number 5, and I'm going to read, be reading from the NIV for the rest of my scriptures for you today, but this will be on the screen. This proposal pleased the whole group, and listen to this. They chose Stephen, and this is his reputation, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. His peers recognized that he was a man of God. He was chosen because of his reputation. Now, I want you to think about that this morning. Stephen's reputation, everything he was in his life led up to this moment where he was given this great honor because of a lifetime of a good reputation. We're going we're to hit that in just a few moments. But Stephen had a great reputation. He was an influencer for good, for godly reasons, because of his reputation. Number two, Stephen was also an influencer because of his actions and his words. In Acts chapter 6 and verse number 8, it says, Now Stephen was a man full of faith, of, of, full of God's grace and power. He performed great signs and wonders among the people. Have you ever heard this saying before? I know you have. Your actions speak louder than your what? If you, if you know what it is, type it in real quick. Your actions speak louder than your, well, you already know the answer, words, right? Because we can say a lot of things. If I tell my wife I love her and I treat her terribly and I don't look out to meet her needs and I'm not kind to her and I'm not trying to build her up and I'm not speaking positive communication into her life to, to build her confidence up, if I don't tell her she's beautiful, if I don't tell her she's amazing, what am I doing? I'm taking her down. I'm hurting her. But my words are going to speak the truth, but then my actions back that up. If I tell you I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, you could say amen to that. But the truth of the matter is me being a follower of Jesus Christ is validated by my actions more than the words that I say. See, Stephen said the words. He preached a message in Acts chapter 7 that was amazing. His, his, he knew the Bible. He knew Israel's past. He knew the, the present state of religion because of Jesus Christ, right? So Stephen had actions that backed up his words. That's how he was an influencer. Number three, Stephen's actions were noticed by our Savior. I want to tell you something. This point right here is kind of like the apex of the inspirational part of this story about Stephen. I want you to grab onto this and hear what I'm saying, okay? Uh, number three, his, uh, his actions were noticed by our Savior. Now, where was our Savior? The Bible tells us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all through the Gospels, Jesus was crucified, he was buried, he rose again, then he took his place up into heaven with his Father. The death, burial, and resurrection is the good news or the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about this. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16 and verse number 19, right? This is Jesus dies, rose again, talks to his disciples, gives them the great commission. And then the Bible says in verse number 19, after the Lord Jesus spoke to his disciples, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God, his throne, his place, he went back home, right? Because we know that Jesus existed all the way 
in, in, in time past, because the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter one, when God said, let us make man in our own image, he spoke into the plurality of his own being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus came to this earth for a little over 33 years. When he came, when he did what he came to do, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. He ascended back up into heaven, and he took his place right next to his father. The Bible tells us that someday God's going to lean over to Jesus and say, you go now, you go get our children. And he's going to come down and we're going to go to Jesus uh, someday, raptured with the church, all the believers in the whole world today. It's going to be an amazing day. But I want you to get a point here. The Bible says you've got to study and know every jot and every tittle. Those are the smallest um, marks of, of writing just a little dash and a little period over words, but they're so significant because everything in God's word is important. We see in Acts chapter 16, 19, that Jesus sat at the right hand of God the Father. And then in Acts chapter seven, verse number 55, when they took Stephen out of the city and they began to stone him, it says, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, he looked up into heaven, he saw God's glory, Check this out. It's amazing. It says, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Stephen took a stand for Jesus, and Jesus stood up with all of the angels probably next to him and gave him a standing ovation. Now, I know that encouraging people to take their next level and steps of their leadership and in serving the Lord and to being an influencer, using the story of the first Christian martyr, it's not meant to scare you away. What it's meant for you to understand is when you're influencing people with Jesus, he's standing with you every step of the way. Now, now I want you to think about this. The actions of Stephen caused the perfect son of God to stand up from his throne and acknowledge what Stephen was doing for him. His actions were noticed by our Savior. That's why I called my message today a standing ovation. Number four, Stephen's influence. We learn about Stephen's influence that his death is memorialized forever. Now, how is his death memorialized forever? Well, it's in the Word of God. And Stephen today is in heaven with Jesus, his angels, and all those saints that have passed since then. But I want you to think about the significance of this statement as well, right? Stephen was being stoned. He's just about ready to die. And the words that came from Stephen, which were important enough to put in the Holy Word of God, memorialized for us today to be inspired by and to be encouraged by and to grow by. Stephen, while he was being murdered for his faith, he fell on his knees, right, as kind of a last cry out in desperation. And he said, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And when he has said this, the Bible says that he died. Man, what a great story. We also hear of another person that was there that day. They took Stephen's clothes and laid him at the feet of a man named Saul. Acts chapter 9, you can read about the conversion of Saul, who would soon become the Apostle Paul. Guy that wrote almost the whole New Testament, half of the New Testament. Great leader and influencer for the kingdom. But look where it started here. It started with Stephen. Stephen was an influencer because his death is memorialized forever. <clears throat> so what I want to talk to you about today is how you can be an influencer. 
a positive influencer for the kingdom of God. Last week we talked about, about a guy that didn't have a lot, right? His name was Lot, didn't have a lot of influence. And how we, we have influence that we can either use negatively or positively. That's our decision and our choice to make. But what I want to encourage you with today is how you can be an influencer in different ways. So number one, you can be an influencer through your reputation. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 22, in verse number one, a good reputation is more desirable than great riches to be esteemed is better than silver and gold. The Bible is teaching us here in Acts, or excuse me, in Proverbs chapter 22, that a good reputation is better than having all the riches in the world. You can be a great influence by your reputation. What's your reputation? It's who you are when nobody else is looking. It's the way that you decide to live your life, whether it's ethically or unethically or situational ethically. What's your reputation? What's your reputation like with your family? What's your reputation like in your neighborhood? What's your reputation like at church? What's your reputation like at work? What's your reputation like on Friday nights when you go out, on Saturday nights when you go out, on Sunday mornings on whether or not you're deciding to be part of the church or not? You have a reputation. I have a reputation. I have a reputation about many, many different things in my life. And the Bible says a good reputation is better than all the money in the world. You can be an influencer for the kingdom if you have a good reputation and a good name that will honor our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, your reputation, you can be an influencer not only through your reputation, but just like Stephen, through your actions and through your words. Listen to these two verses, Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. A good man brings good things out of the good that's stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil that's stored up in his heart because for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What's your heart full of today? Good things, positive things, Christ-like things, love, kindness. Is that what's in your heart today or is there anger in your heart? Are you upset at people because you've gotten screwed over a little bit in one area in your life or another? Or are you upset because you've been treated unfairly? Or are you upset because you disagree with what's happening in our culture and our society today? Is there love in your heart that's coming out in your words? Or is there hatred and anger in your heart? Your actions will back up your words. Now, if you say, well, I love God, I love God, I love God, and you're mean to people all the time, then your actions aren't backing up your words. Listen to what James 1.22 says. Don't merely listen to the word. Don't just hear it and deceive yourselves, do what it says. In the King James, it says, be a doer, not just a hearer of the word of God. Here's number three. First thing is you can be an influencer through your reputation. Number two, through your actions and words. And number three, by taking a stand for Jesus Christ. And here's the thing about taking a stand for Jesus. Matthew 28, 20 tells us that we're supposed to teach people to obey everything that he commanded us. And here's the great part about it. I will be with you always. You are never going to walk this life alone when you're walking for Jesus. We see that demonstrated in Stephen's life. I don't know if our lifetime in the United States, if we'll see people martyred for their faith. It does happen in China and in other third world countries where people are murdered for their faith or, and, and, and prosecuted for their faith all over the world in countries that aren't friendly to the gospel. But we need to understand, even if we do go through that, we will never walk alone. Here's the last thing I want to tell you today. You could be a good influencer through your reputation, your actions, and your words. 
You could be a good influencer by Jesus Christ by taking a stand for him. And by taking a stand, that's not getting mad at people that, that don't lo love and follow Jesus. That's loving everybody so that they will love and follow Jesus. Taking a stand for him. But here's the last thing. There's going to be a graphic up on the screen that you'll see, and it's of a tombstone. And as you see on this tombstone, it says on the top of this tombstone, make your dash count for him. Someday, whether you're cremated like I'm going to be, or you're laid six feet under the ground, there will probably be a tombstone so that people can remember you and remember your life. And there may be a nice verse or some words, or like on mine, there'll be a, an insignia of the Philadelphia Eagles helmet. But seriously, um, there'll be some things on all of our tombstones, right? You'll have your name, the date that you were born, or maybe the year that you were born, and the year that you died. But in between that smallest, remember I talked about in the Bible, we're supposed to study every even uh, mark of abbreviation or like periods or commas and so forth. There's, there's a little thing between your born date and the date that you died, and it's just a little dash, just like on that picture. You can be an influence for Jesus Christ. You can be an influencer. If you make your dash count for him, whether you... Whether it's a tombstone where somebody's lived 110 years and there are people that have lived that long or somebody that's just had a short life, that dash seems like a pretty harsh way to represent somebody's entire life. But what we want to encourage you to do today is make your dash count for him so that you will be an influencer so that people will come to know Christ because you were here, because your time counted. Just like we talked about Lot. Lot went into that city last week and it didn't matter that he was there because nobody became a follower of God because of Lot's presence in that place. Stephen walked up one day and you know what happened? The church, the Bible tells us about the church when Stephen was killed for his faith. It just juiced up the church and got them all super psyched. They mourned, they were sad for their brother that was killed for his faith but it made them even stronger. And the Bible says that the church started growing exponentially. You know what that means? Multiplying. They were growing at such a rapid rate. Because and here's what they believed 2,000 years ago, that Jesus was gonna come back in their life. They woke up and they thought, Jesus may came, come today. I gotta reach people today. I gotta influence people with the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Here we are 2,000 years closer to the return of Christ. Are you influencing people to come and know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I want to pray for you that God would use your influence, just like he did Stephen's, to reach many people and so that your words, your reputation, your actions, um, the, the way your stand, all these different things, just like Stephen, that will apply them to our lives and that people will come to know Christ because of your influence. Let's pray. Today, Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for this great story about Stephen. Father, use this to motivate us to influence people today to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. With Easter in mind, Lord, we could start thinking about how we can be inviting people this week. Hey, would you come to church with us on Easter Sunday? Give them a couple of weeks to plan it out or even this coming week, Lord. But I pray that we would be diligent in inviting people to be part of our Easter, our Resurrection Easter Sunday celebration the first weekend in April and that, that we would be influencers, spiritual influencers of people's life for the kingdom of God. 
We love you, we thank you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, I want to thank you for watching today. Hang in there for just another moment. We have some announcements we're going to share with you. And we hope that you will be thinking about who you can be inviting to our Easter services today for the first weekend in April, first Sunday in April. Uh, don't forget that this weekend is Time Change Sunday. And if you would, as soon as this is done, or you can even do it now, would you share this message from Warehouse Church to your Facebook page and use your influence on social media so that people can hear the message of Jesus Christ today. Thank you. Hope you have a great day.